Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to today's show where I welcome Dr. Alexandra 
Katakis, and Alex is a certified sex therapist, certified sex addiction therapist, and an industry-leading expert on human sexuality and relationship issues. And her latest book is What Turns You On, A Guide to Living Your Best Sex Life. And today, Alex and I talk about understanding what it is that we desire, but almost more so just digging under the depths of how we view sexuality, how that's shaped, how to talk about it with our partner, how to explore with our partner, how to explore for ourselves, and so much more. I really enjoyed this conversation with Alex. I think you guys will too. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Alex. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Uh, Thanks so much for having me, Chase. I thought a good place for us to start would be having you share with our listeners why you enjoy helping people explore their sexuality, understand their sexuality, improve their sex lives, really why you decided to, to focus on your professional work as a sex therapist. Well, those are two questions, right? So... Um, I guess I'll start with the first part. Um, I think there are an enormous amount of contradictory messages in our culture today. It seems more so now than ever because we have more freedom to talk about sex and sexuality. Uh, There are more messages coming from, you know, advertising, internet pornography, families, faith traditions, university, you name it. And I think people have become rather confused about what they actually like sexually, about what really turns them on. And so helping people find what's true for them, their own unique erotic blueprint, if you will, uh, I think is very important to sound mental health because the rest of us can sort of make us feel out of control or crazy because we're busy emulating what movies and popular culture and pornography tells us our sex and sexuality should look like. And why do you love this particular area of uh, focus? Well, um, when I was dating a lot in my 20s and having sex a lot in my 20s and um, also watching my parents get divorced after approximately 30 years of marriage... I was rather confused about this question of what makes for a long-term relationship that remains sexually connected and um, meaningful over time, because I didn't have a role model for that, and I wasn't seeing it anywhere else. And so that is what set me out on my quest with this particular question, which I don't know that I have the answer to, but I think I've learned to ask good questions to help people um, start to answer and get clear for themselves what's true for them. And also the recognition that what's true for me today may not be true for me tomorrow or next year or five years from now. So sex and sexuality is a constantly changing um, internal process that nobody really talks about in that way. We, we have this idea that, um, you know, we learn to have sex sort of haphazardly because there's really no formal sex education directive in our country. And then the way we, quote, did it in our 20s, it should still be working for us in our 50s and 60s. And the body just doesn't work that way. So 
I've started to think about this as an ongoing quest or question, if you will, um, one that we all should be focusing on, just like we focus on our physical health and our mental health. So let's get into it as far as figuring out what turns us on. You know, that's obviously a big question. And as you said, it's something that can change and will change and it'll change individually. It'll change depending on the partner you're with and they're changing. So where do we start? You know, for someone that's listening who who maybe hasn't really explored this for themselves or thought about it, what's a good place or a good question that they can ask themselves? Well, to this point, my new workbook, uh, What Turns You On, A Guide to Living Your Best Sex Life, was born out of this very question. And the workbook starts with lots of questions um, that ask us to start to deconstruct all the messages we got about sex and sexuality from all of the nested cultures we grow up in. So that would be our family of origin, then the region of the country that we live in, the particular neighborhood we live in, um, the social structures around us, whether it was the kind of school we went to or um, a faith-based community we might've been involved in, and then what the culture at large was propagating at that particular decade, whatever it was, 70s, 80s, 90s, et cetera. Um, And then to see sort of the sexual stew we were brought up in, And then to ask ourselves if we're willing to unlearn all of that, to deconstruct all of that and ask the question of, well, what turns me on today? Who am I today? So that's really where the investigation begins, I think, um, is in pulling apart all these various pieces that have socially constructed our ideas about sex and sexuality. What are some of the first steps as far as unlearning. Again, these things are long processes. They don't happen overnight. But, you know, someone listening is like, yeah, you know, I I grew up in a very religious household. I had a lot of shame around sex. And and just realizing that is an important first step. Now, how can they start to work through that shame and, and, and release it? Well, writing is always really helpful to journal and write about. Is it because that thing itself is shameful or I was made to feel shameful about it. And these are very fine points. So um, if I have shame about giving or receiving oral sex, let's say, because I was told it was bad, dirty, and wrong, is the act of oral sex itself shameful or is it that I feel bad about doing it? And is it may be shameful if I'm doing it in public on the street, because if we didn't have pro-social shame, we would just have chaos everywhere, um, right? So shame does keep us from doing things that are untoward or criminal um, or you know other sorts of behaviors. But in the privacy of my own home, if this is an experience that gives me pleasure, but pleasure makes me feel bad about myself or shameful... I want to get very curious about where that's coming from because human beings engage in all sorts of sexual acts and it's the meaning that we ascribe to them that makes a difference between whether they are, quote, good or bad, not the thing itself. So writing about it, talking to a trusted other, a fair witness, whether it's a really close friend or a partner, um, a spouse or a therapist, is essential also because 
people don't do well in isolation. I think one of the ways that therapy works is that we do have a witness. We have somebody to bounce things off of. We can hear ourselves talk and someone reflecting back what we're hearing. If we could all just, you know, sort of heal ourselves by talking to ourselves, um, we would do that. But in most cases, that's considered not mentally well if we're just sitting around talking to ourselves all the time. So having a community of concern um, in whatever way that gets constructed, I think is essential to being in this conversation with ourselves um, and with somebody else. What would you say to someone who is maybe struggling with learning about their partner's sexual history and maybe moving through that or understanding it? I would say that, you know, if you or someone heard something that your potential partner did, let's say somebody's dating somebody and they reveal that they had the sexual experience and it makes me or let's say it makes me feel insecure, then I think it's incumbent upon me to talk about the impact of that on me. If I'm really going to be honest with this person and really unzip and get naked, I'm going to make myself vulnerable and say, gee, when I hear that you had sex with X, Y, and Z, um, let's say an alien for the purposes of keeping this clean. Um, you had sex with an alien and wow, that really freaks me out. I want to be curious about why I'm freaked out. Does it violate my value system? Is it because I've never tried it before and it makes me feel a little scared? Does it bring up shame for me? Um, do I notice that I get really judgmental and uh, want to shut down the conversation, in which case that's certainly a sign of something I want to investigate. Um, because sex and sexuality is a, a portal to growing ourselves up as adults, to recognizing that we all have genitalia and we all are built for pleasure. And so what one person finds pleasurable, someone else might find disgusting. Isn't that interesting? So let's go back to oral sex. Someone might think oral sex is the road to nirvana and someone else might say it's the most disgusting thing they've ever heard. And yet the act itself remains the same. So it's really on each one of us to look at why do I see it that way? What do I like about it? What don't I like about it? How much of it is that I'm just squeamish or judgmental because I've never done it before. And I'm also afraid if I do that thing, what is it going to say about me? What meaning am I going to give to that? Does that mean I'm dirty now or I'm a slut or I'm perverted? Or does it mean that, wow, that was really pleasurable and fun and erotic and um, felt a little bit dirty, but it was arousing to me? That doesn't make me less of a good citizen or a good human being um, or a good parent or householder the next day. It just means I'm experiencing pleasure in my own unique and specific way. So that was kind of a, um, you know, like a big answer to your very pointed question. That's valuable. And yeah, I wasn't super specific, but I like this direction. And I think, yeah, maybe if I can share some personal feelings, because I, I don't think they're unique to me. But I do find it very interesting that, yeah, I tend to ruminate or get stuck on my partner's sexual history in the sense of not all the details. And I tend to not ask because 
I know that it bothers me. But when things have come up that it, you know, just in the course of a conversation, it's like, oh, you did that and you've had this many partners kind of thing, or I'm, I tell my own story and, and I can get a bit like caught up in, in that. And I realized that it has maybe not so much to do with sexuality as maybe insecurity and feeling less than, or maybe that I have to live up to a certain standard if my partner has had more sexual partners than me or more sexual experiences. And I've talked to friends about this. I've talked to a therapist about it. And it's it's just so interesting how much, um, I guess, I don't want to say trouble, but yeah, like like mental strife it can create. And so I'm wondering if I, if I was seeing you and saying, hey, you know, when I hear my partner share that that they had group sex and it really makes me uncomfortable and, you know, I get this feeling in the pit of my stomach, where would we go from there if, if we were working together? Well, I would ask you what the discomfort in your stomach is saying. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is that? How would you give voice to that feeling state? Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. 
It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code I do at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code I do. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. I guess that's hard. It's almost like I am there as a witness to that act, but not participating. And it, it almost feels like it. I guess it's hard to describe, but almost like being cheated on. But it's <laughs> I know it's in the past. So that, that's why I struggle with it a lot, because I, my rational mind is like, it's just was the past. You know, it doesn't matter. And then I go, well, maybe it's my I feel like my value system, in a sense, like, you know, I start to look at that, but I'm like, well, if I had the opportunity and that a, a sexual experience like that arose, I I don't think I would pass. I think I, I would participate in a similar scenario. Yeah. So part of it feels like jealousy, um, yep. like I'm being left out. Um, and maybe there's some anger in that. I'm angry because I'm being left out. Um, and there's a desire in some ways to have that experience. So there might even be a little FOMO in that. Um, and also a sense that um, I'm not sure if I could live up to that either. So there's a deep curiosity about that. And so I'm not, I want to be clear, I'm not advocating that everyone run out and have group sex, but I am advocating that this is an inside job this is saying, wow, look at how activated I am about this. What do I know about my desire for group sex and what kind of pleasure that would bring me um, and what kind of peril it might bring me also? Um, I had this conversation recently in one of my groups where uh, one of the people who is into more kinky experiences said he went to a sex party recently and it was kind of like, meh, he wished he was home watching TV. Um, because it was no longer novel or interesting. He had tried it. He went with a female friend, but it just wasn't his thing any longer. Um, and so I think this is what I'm talking about is that if I'm sitting there looking at a piece of chocolate cake and I've never had chocolate cake before, and I'm really jealous because I want to try it, but somebody told me I shouldn't because it's got sugar in it and it's bad for me, um, or I might start to eat too much of it and become obese, uh, but boy, it looks good and it smells amazing. Um, I'm standing at the precipice of experience and change. Like, will it hurt me if I take a bite of that chocolate cake? Now, if I start eating chocolate cakes all day, every day, I'm going to make myself very sick. But assuming I have impulse control and I try it once, I might think it's amazing. And then I have it again and again. And over time, I think, you know what? This is not really that good for me. Um, or I love it and I'm just going to become a chocolate cake baker. Um, but the, the point is that 
this may be an invitation to try that experience so that you're having a lived experience internally about whether this is right for me or not, as opposed to a judgment about the other um, or a fear of having the experience and living one's life on the sidelines. That's super valuable. And yeah, I don't want to hijack the conversation to be about uh, my personal <laughs> sexuality. And But I think it's valuable because... Yes, yeah. I think it's not unique to me. And, and right. someone in this space who, who is trying to do a lot of self-growth. And I, I think that's also why it's a particularly interesting because it's it's probably one of the only areas that I I'm really lost or have trouble moving through. So what you said even just there is is very valuable. And, and do you find that with sexuality in general that it can be like a a particularly deep or hard to figure out place for for individuals? Yes. I mean, I think our sexuality is at the core of our personhood. And it's so omitted in our um, education and growing up and often in families. Like it's only talked about as down there. We have these pleasure points in our bodies um, that are there strictly to give us pleasure. You know, for example, for women, the clitoris sole purpose is pleasure. We don't reproduce through it. We don't urinate through it. We don't have a baby through it. It's just there for pleasure. And yet women are never educated about that. They're told to keep their hands off of it and don't go there. Um, That's generally the message. There's just a no message message. Um, And so there are all these distorted messages for men and women. Um, And so it's really incumbent upon us as adults, if we want to have healthy sexual relationships, to start to look at our sexuality and how um, confusing it is to no fault of our own, um, really to the fault of, you know, our, our culture that we grow up in. And start to ask these very pointed questions and then to go experiment. And that's the point of uh, my workbook, What Turns You On, is for people to go try things out in safe ways. There's a lot of um, information in the book about, you know, consent um, and being safe, sane and consensual when you do these things and to make sure they're really right for you. Um, not what other people think about them, so that you can try them and then discard them. It's no different than saying, wow, I think skydiving would be really cool. And so in your 20s, you skydive or 30s. And then when you get into your 40s, your 50s, you're like, you know what? I did that. I think I might break a leg now. I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. But I did it. And it was super fun. And I'm glad I did it. So that is really what I'm hoping for people is that they can have these experiences locate their own unique sexual expression, and then be able to talk about it constructively with a partner. Because to your point, um, a risk might be to talk to that partner and say, tell me what that experience was like for you. What did you like about the group sex? Was there anything that scared you? Um, what, how did it make you feel? The same way you might ask somebody a question about them visiting you know, uh, an exotic place, like they went hiking in Morocco. It's like, wow, what was that like? As opposed to, I'm jealous. I always wanted to go to Morocco. I feel less than, poor me. It's like, no, let me find out about this and see if it's something that appeals to me. And that you might even also find arousing, which then what does that say about you? 
Um, so you see, there's a lot of complexity to this. And I think the invitation is really, am I willing to be courageous and step out and start to ask questions and investigate and notice what is arousing to me and what isn't? You said confusing and complex when describing sexuality. And I think that has come through in my <laughs> questioning. But like I said, it's it's very valuable because, yeah, it does confuse me. Uh, it confuses, you know, it's like I, I'm trying to know myself and, and grow. And it's like one thing will be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to move in that direction. Uh, that makes sense. And then there's something else. It's like, where does that come from? And, mm-hmm. and I, I think what you're saying is so valuable, just being open to that, looking at it non-judgmentally, whether it's at ourselves or at our partner and being curious. And I guess like surrendering to the, the idea that, yeah, it is confusing and it is complex. Right. And it's a whole world of exploration. And I want to say there should be a massive play component to sex and sexuality. It should be pleasurable. It should be fun. It should be exploratory. You know, if you try something and it just ends up being ridiculously funny and you end up just laughing together, then that's the success as opposed to just never trying anything. Um, There was a well-known sexologist, David Snarch, who used to say, most people have leftover sex. So there's what you won't do and what I won't do. And then we do this little band in the middle that's leftover. And that gets very deadly to marriages very quickly. Because mediocre sex begets mediocre sex and then bad sex. Um, And a lot of marriages, you know, desire just tanks because of that. Because people aren't willing to speak the unspeakable or tell their partners what their fantasies are. It doesn't mean you're going to do it. It just means you should be talking about it. Um, And so fantasies are just that. They're just fantasies. But everyone's so afraid of how they're going to be judged and what their partner is going to think about them because they're busy judging themselves as opposed to saying, um, it's curious for me. You know, it's like if, if you and I were married and I came home and I said, Chase, I think I want to take Spanish and learn Spanish. You probably wouldn't say, oh my God, that's so weird. Why do you want to do that? And, I, you know, I don't get that. You'd say, oh, okay, cool. Tell me why you think that's a good idea, Right. Exactly. Right. You'd be interested in where I came up with that idea. Um, But if it was about, I want to wear a lampshade on my head while we have sex, you might be like, that's weird. Or that makes me uncomfortable. Or, you know, you're, something's wrong with you. So it becomes shaming and then it shuts the whole conversation down. And now I won't be wearing a lampshade on my head. And I have a resentment. Or I go do it with someone else. Right. That's often where cheating can come into play. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney Show. 
His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to The Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving Relationship Advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low-quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H-E-R-O.co. What would you tell someone who's like, yeah, I want to have this conversation with my partner, but I'm terrified. What are some ways they can work up the courage and and some prompts for, for that kind of dialogue? Well, I think the first thing is to get super clear about what it is you want to communicate. 
What is it that you want to say? And leading with blaming or shaming your partner is not going to go well. It's not about them. You're responsible for your own pleasure, your own orgasm. And it's our responsibility to communicate that to our partners. They're not mind readers. They don't know what kind of pressure we like, what kind of touch we like, um, what sort of thing we want to explore. They can't possibly know that unless we tell them. Um, So Stan Tatkin, who's also a well-regarded couples therapist, says, it's important that we give each other our owner's manuals. And if you don't know how your body works, you cannot communicate it to someone else. So first, you've got to get very clear about what the thing itself is. And then you have to make a conscious time to sit down with your partner and say, hey, I've been thinking a lot about my sexuality and about pleasure. And I want to talk to you about what I'm discovering about myself and my body. Are you open to a conversation? And then presumably that person will say yes. And then you, you know, give them some context and say, something I notice, let me think of a sort of benign thing might be um, uh, that I like a little rougher touch. You know, when we have sex or make love, it's very sensual and it's romantic and um, it's arousing. But I noticed that I really want you to um, handle my body with a firmer touch, right? So I'm not going to go as far as into rough sex in this conversation because that can get misconstrued. But I want you to um, touch my legs or grab me in a particular way because I like that. It's arousing to me. And how do you feel about that? What would that be like for you? What's it like for you to even hear me asking for this? So that would be a way to start to have these conversations. And if my partner got uncomfortable with that, then I would pause and ask them, what about that makes them uncomfortable? You know, maybe they're saying, uh, you know, being that dominant makes me uncomfortable because my father was so physically abusive and I swore I'd never touch anybody like that again, right? So now we're into a much deeper, more vulnerable, more honest conversation that has to do with deep and profound intimacy. You know, people like to use the word intimate for as a euphemism for sex, which is one of my pet peeves. It's not. Sex is sex. And this kind of vulnerable intimacy is a whole different universe. And from that conversation will come a deeper knowing of each other and a deeper recognition um, and a deeper level of arousal also because it's so novel. So that conversation could go in a myriad of different ways. Someone else might say, oh my God, you know what? I've been reading about BDSM and I'm really aroused by it. I'm so glad you're telling me this. I'd like to tie you up. And and I'm like, whoa, wait, I didn't say tie me up. I said, just touch me a little bit more firmly. (laughs) Um, So now we're in a different conversation, you see. Those are such valuable prompts and and yeah, just staying curious because it's valuable from both sides of that, you know, from yes. the communication, but then how you're listening and, and being curious. And yeah, it might make you uncomfortable to hear that your partner wants to be tied up. And, and instead of responding like, oh, that's weird or oh, I don't, you know, it's like asking, well, oh, that's interesting. You know, why do you want to do that? Yeah. Or what do you like about it is the better question. And there are a million versions of tying up, you know, from like a light silk scarf to I'm sure ropes and chains. 
Um, so what are we talking about here exactly? Generally, most people are in the middle of the bell curve. Um, with the advent of Fifty Shades of Grey and the access of internet pornography, which is where everyone gets their sex education today, people know a lot about sexual iterations and get a lot of ideas from that. So you can't assume that tie me up means one thing. You just cannot any more than uh, rough sex means a million different things to a million different people. So curiosity is the key to this. Um, and what it does is it has both people starting to reveal themselves and both people starting to grow into a more adult, fun sexuality than everybody suffering in silence um, or not even looking in that area, which I think is worse. Um, and so you're not doing your partner a favor by holding back because relationships force us to grow and change in all sorts of ways. And this is one of them. Um, I think there's nothing worse for people, you know, in their thirties and forties to be having the same kind of sex they were having as teenagers, you know, with the lights off and kind of groping under the covers at each other. Um, there's nothing about that that is erotic or fun or interesting um, or forces us to grow and change. Before we wrap up, what would you tell someone who's who just heard that and is like, I feel like I'm having that same sex? What's kind of the first step to get outside of that box? Well, first I would ask them if they enjoy it, because if I insulted anybody, I apologize. You know, some people's favorite kind of sex is vanilla sex, which is great if you know that's true for you and your partner feels that way and you enjoy it then if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, and so if you're sort of fetish even, or is that you like having sex under the covers in the dark and groping is highly arousing to you, then keep doing what you're doing. But if it feels um, restrictive or it feels immature to you and you want to grow and change out of that, the first step is admitting it to yourself that I really don't know what I'm doing sexually and I want to learn. And I don't want to just learn it from internet porn, which is about performance and it's about um, results. And what I'm talking about is not about performance or penetration. It's about a process. It's about learning to understand how you define sex and sexuality, which may have nothing to do with penetration or performance, but it has to do with touch and pleasure and play and fun and exploration. That is a whole different ballgame. So just asking the question um, is really the beginning of this inquiry. Well, Alex, we covered a lot and this is a great place to wrap up. Really great things for, for our listeners to think about. I know I really enjoyed this conversation, our little mini therapy session. I want to <laughs> yes. keep I'm gonna keep diving into it for sure. Right. And before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find out more about your book, where they can find you online, and then we'll say goodbye. Yes. Um, so the book is called um, What Turns You On? A Guide to Living Your Best Sex Life. And I believe you'll be posting the URL, right? Yeah, we'll have the link in our show notes. Okay. So you can find it on Amazon. You can find it through the link that um, is posted on the I Do website. If you try to search it yourself, um, because the book is brand new, uh, you actually have to go to my author page and scroll down to the bottom and you'll find it there at the bottom of my books. Um, so if you just type in my name, Alex Katahakis, 
uh, you'll find my author page and you'll find the book there for purchase. Um, and otherwise, you can find me at centerforhealthysex.com. Well, thank you, Alex. Yes, we will have those links in our show notes and on our website at idopodcast.com. And it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Chase. And thank you for putting yourself out there and making yourself vulnerable. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.